0: five counties one big sports show
1: sports beat roundup
0: after a single point defeat in last year's AIB all ireland Camogie Intermediate Club Championship Final, Galtier's redemption in this year's decider was the stuff of dreams. Trailing once again by a single score to Offaly St. Rhine's, Shauna Fitzgerald grabbed the Schlitter and surrounded by four Rhinus players still found a way to get the pass to the unmarked Una Jackman to smash home. And coming into the studio a few days later, the feeling was still there for Margot Heffernan, Emma Hannan-Roach and Claire Don.
2: Yeah, it's a great feeling and it hasn't sunk in yet, to be honest, but like credit to the panel and management, like the character to come back after last year's defeat and then accomplish it this year has just been fantastic.
0: Yeah. And I suppose you guys, uh, you're one of them. Uh, how do I put this to do I say more established members? <laughs> I mean, I saw some some of the girls coming out uh, from Tomás and they were wearing school uniforms. I think you're well past that age, in fairness. Um but, teaching them now yeah. But I suppose you guys have seen the rise of the club. and mm. um, these girls have come in and I suppose they know nothing but Galtier being at the top. But to be to bring home an All Ireland free y- for you and, and to all you've been through must be particularly special.
2: Oh, absolutely. It's been so special. I think um it was kind of emphasized in your speech, you know, she kinda hit on Tony Cummins and Helen Cummins and I think it's not just the team. It's so important to the whole community. Like, it is a family goal here. And she really hit on that in her speech. And just looking at everyone in the stands supporting us, like the players we used to play with, you know, the whole way up. You know, they were all there supporting us. The O'Grady's were there. And just looking at all them kind of saying, like, God, you know, we're still here and we actually did it, you know. And there's not many of us that are left Mm -hmm. on those previous Mm -hmm. teams. But, like, it's so special. And just to see them there and we're all there together in Crow Park on Sunday, it was just... It really was something special.
0: Uh, Margot, can I ask you, um, you were a point down, it was 13 points to 12. I was watching it online and I'll be honest, lads, not being smart, but I was thinking, oh God, not again. Did that thought ever cross your mind going into the last couple of minutes?
1: Um, No, I I think we had, we had an air of calm among ourselves. There was a little chatter about, oh God, is this happening again? But we had kind of steeled ourselves. We weren't worried. We were, if, if that was going to happen, we'd kind of, we'd kind of been shutting down. So we were, minds of steel at that stage and we're like we're not prepared for this to happen and I guess when it came down to it and Una got the goal uh, you know um, the the St. Ryan's team had done such a good job on minding Annie and Aoife who are our goal threats and well Annie of the girls would, would back themselves really and that would be well known and Una came off the bench and I suppose she was an unknown entity and if you look at that clip again you can see they've all clustered a little bit out yeah. and she's the one that they leave free she's the one that ghosted and in fact like you know, she'd be the very one that would would definitely get a sneaky goal like that as well out of nothing. So, you know, she was our unknown entity and she she did it for us. And, and I'm delighted it fell to her because she she really just stole the moment for us and, and stole the match. And we were, we were absolutely thrilled.
0: Because I mean, even looking at the goal, uh, it was a fantastic finish, but it was all made by the hand pass because the hand pass, there was three or four players around her and to be able to get the ball out accurately to Una to finish is it just shows you that there was a kind of a grit there wasn't there I yeah
1: suppose. absolutely and I think it's a skill in Camogie that is kind of being tested at the minute and I know in the league in the National League they've gotten rid of the dropping the hurl to, for the hand pass and yeah. I know the senior teams are at that at the moment as well but it hasn't come into the club um, I guess it'll be trialled and we'll see but you can see the value of that skill in, in a close scenario because she, she couldn't have she couldn't have gotten that hand up to to give it on again so it is a really good skill and Shauna herself who gave that hand pass she'd be a good basketball player as well like you know so we said that she was she really used her basketball skills now giving that on as well so she'd be delighted um, and they'd be delighted for her up in the Wildcats as well
0: And um, I suppose um, I was watching some of the videos of your homecoming after the Clon Duff game last year um, how, how big was the semi-final win against them because was that kind of exercise and the ghosts of last year kind of got it out of the way, and then you could. They St saying, "Ryan, this thing was almost a completely different challenge."
3: Um, after the loss last year, you know, our our focus was to, to get out of county, you know, and and win Munster. And when we drew against um, Clondrogh, um, you know, we really had it in for them, yeah. and uh, we we were excited. We were excited about it, about it, you know, and to make the the wrong of last year right again. So to to beat um to Off, you know was was fantastic then and then our main minute we beat Clondalky back into the dressing room and um, our main focus then was St Rynans for the 1st of March and um, a lot of work went into studying them and what they were about and everything and I'm sure they did their homework on us as well but uh, we knew we knew what we were getting ourselves into
0: and I suppose you get a sense as some of the older players in the team as you say. Um, and I don't like using that term, but, um, but, you know, I suppose you are kind of the guardians of, of things now with the club um, and the, their progression of some of the younger girls that Margaret was talking about, the girls that we saw coming out of the studio in still in school uniforms, it were kind of, I suppose, kind of rests on your shoulders in a way because you're so crucial to their development.
3: Without a doubt, we, we weathered some really difficult times in, in Gualtier, you know, back in 2009, 2010, where we were finding it really hard to field an adult team because girls retired, girls went off travelling and, and that's life. But, you know, so we, we were we were at matches when we only had 10 and 11 and we, play, we played our matches, you know, and to win back in 2016, our first county title for, for eight years, it was, you know, it was just fantastic, you know, we lost in 2017, we came back again. But you know, so the, the younger girls that are coming up that are half are half Margot's age and my age, you know, to to put that point across, they don't understand it, you know. But we do, we do try to tell them. But um, it, it, you know, it is it is important that they know the club history. You know, there's 62 years of history within the club, so you know it's extremely important. They they need to understand where we where we came from, you know, and and we played with the likes of you know. Gail and, and Catherine as well like so when we were playing when we were younger we were looking up to them yeah. as senior players so now we're, we're playing the role of the senior ones now so it's, it's it,
0: all good It was really really nice to hear Anya's speech because um, the one of the nicest bits about it I know she's very emotional and absolutely rightly so she was saying that this should be a message for every young boy and girl in Waterford that you can go out and you can do this and there's no reason that you can't do that I suppose what did you feel Margot and Claire, and I'll finish G, because I was uh, you know but uh, how, when you were listening to that, is, did, did that kind of thought strike your mind? Because I think there are a lot of young, especially girls that are looking up to you and saying, yeah, I mean, if girls from Waterford can go out and win a, tr- a trophy in, in Crow Park, then why can't I? Yeah,
1: I guess that's the thing. And it just so happens that the three of us went to school, uh, a school that's not known um really for its sporting prowess, uh, the John of Gods inside in town. And we uh, we had the opportunity to go back there. We were asked back there by the principal. um who would have had all of us when we were we were in the school. But um, to go back there to the all girls school and to kind of maybe get the opportunity to relay that message again, because we remember those days and like Emma and I were in the school when the Liam McCarthy Cup came to John of Gods and it came. My, my dad brought it in and like girls who had no interest in camogie still talk about that now and, yeah. you know, the effect that it had on them, whether it's only a memory It still still makes an impact, you know, (coughs) and uh, it is important for for women to be supported that way because, you know, you're still looking at the 2020 videos and it's still the same thing. It's like girls shouldn't be doing this. They should be doing that. And Mm. the perception out there has to change. And we understand that that's our job. And like, you know, we represent a wide range of communities and areas and and even professions. And, And just to be able to show that it's not. It's you can be anything if you want to play sport. you know, you don't you don't have to pigeonhole yourself, but we would all agree that sport teaches you lessons that help you set you up further. And it is probably a little bit of a cliche, but I mean, we've all been through tough times and had our own bit of challenges. And, you know, you can go back to the field and you can just hurl away and you can go training and then it, gives be- it gives you a better it gives you a better ability to deal with the challenges, yeah. you know, so. So it is it is that overarching thing. And Anya really has a good sense of that. She loves that. She loves that bigger picture. And I guess she's she's away, you know, she doesn't live in Waterford. And she gets time to think about this and for her to be able to plug away on her own and Trish doing the same thing over in Lincoln, like they get the, they know they're part of something bigger and they know it's worth it. You know, they don't get to have the, the same amount of jokes and laws that we were having down a train <laughs> and killing each other like, you know, yeah. but like it's still worth it because you know, what what they're getting out of it is is, is important at the end, you know. Yeah, that's the big thing.
0: Yeah. And Claire, just for yourself, I suppose, is that kind of... Uh not even ambassador role, but just, you know, to be able to deliver something like that for, for Galtier, as you say. I know the club's in the middle of nowhere, but it is kind of a Dunmore East slash city thing. So to be able to bring back a trophy to, the, to your fr- friends and family, those people who have supported you all the way through um, must have just been amazing.
2: It's actually it's fantastic, but it's not just, you know, it is the Barney like we're hitting so many communities, like we're not just hitting one community like it is actually quite big. Like we put the Barneys together like so. It's, you know, we went to so many primary schools there on Monday and then with John of God's yesterday and like the faces on all the pupils was just they were beaming from ear to ear, just delighted. they were holding the cups and I really got a kind of a buzz going, a spark of, you know, we really are interested in it and they're all delighted for us. So look, if we can build that community and get people excited about camogie and playing sport look, we're happy to be a part of it. Following the Carlo Rising. Sports Beat Roundup.
0: This weekend brings the relegation playoff for the Alliance National Hurling League Division 1 between Westmeath and Carlo. For the South East side, the crucial game is made even more difficult by the fact that the Midland outfit have the home advantage. So a trip to Mullingar awaits Carlo and manager Colin Bonner, who spoke to me on Thursday.
4: It's been a very difficult journey for us, uh, this particular league. Um, You know, two years in Division 2A and then one year in Division 1B and then the next year in Division 1. So we can see the step up in quality and it's come very fast for us. And, you know, being down a good number of experienced players hasn't helped in in terms of, um, you know, in terms of our preparation but having said that look we knew it was a big big step up for us and um, um, to be fair to Westmead and Leash they're actually putting up good scores and they're putting up good performance against the team and they're holding up their end of the show and unfortunately at the moment Carlo we, we, we struggled uh, even though we've been in games and I've uh, been impressed enough in terms of how we set up and defensively how we go about it but it's just we haven't got any scoring returns and that's mm. what's really left us down um, like even against Wexford uh, we left something like maybe uh, one twelve behind this, you know, and for a team like Carlo, we can't afford that. And, um, you know, and as good as Leash were going, uh, that was a game, you know, th- it was there for us in the second half. We had a couple of frees to, to maybe go on and win it and uh, mm. a goal chance near the end. And, you know, so you know on one off games like that anything can happen and so that's that's the only thing we can comfort ourselves knowing that Westmead are coming and uh, you know they performed well enough on their side of the yeah. you know they could a bet cork and they put up a very good display against Limerick, but you know this is a one off game and anything can happen
0: uh, how's the mood in the camp i suppose ahead of this 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 Sunday's game because um uh, you know it doesn't matter how who you're playing against um, when you're picking up, when you're kind of getting into the habit of losing, fellas' heads can go down. There could be slightly maybe a bit of a lack of confidence there as well. Like maybe is that, was that one of the reasons you can put down towards why the forwards are kind of struggling in front of, in front of goals is just that little bit of lack of confidence?
4: Yeah, uh, look, you can't be winning there's nothing like momentum uh, and carrying in form in from one game to another and when you're on the, the back foot and we are in a lot of these games because we're never going to be uh, in a game where we're going to have a long period of dominance against any of these uh, bigger teams but there is occasions when we do get ourselves into it and it hasn't happened for us in terms of on the score but anyway but yeah but to be fair to the players I haven't really seen them drop their heads they haven't their, their, their work effort and their energy on the field hasn't dropped and that kind of shows that they're still up for the battle they're still doing their best and even though the options were taken with the final pass or the final shot mightn't be the best uh, you know this is where they want to be and um, now one of them said they don't want to be up in this league they, they, they want to be tested by the best and you know I even go back to the Kilkenny game even though we were well bet it was three and a half thousand people at that Kilkenny game so it's you know it's compared to a couple of hundred if we're in a, a lower division so yeah um, it, Carlo you know they want these players want to be up there and they want to be tested and uh, you know they're disappointed that we just haven't been you know, showing the better side of Carlo Harlan at the moment. To be fair to the Carlo supporters, they know where we're coming from. It like uh, when you're four or five clubs in, in Carlo and yeah, uh, you have a very small uh, kind of baseline of players, and we don't have a conveyor belt of of talent coming through, uh, like you would have in the bigger counties. And they're well aware of that. And like it's been a huge uh, step step up in the last three years to where the boys are competing. And but no, um, I don't think they've lost heart. They know we're under savage pressure. Of course, they would like to see us um, being more competitive and been in the hunt maybe for a bit more in the game and that hasn't happened I, I would be disappointed for them but no, no more so than the players they're hugely disappointed that this actual league campaign hasn't gone anywhere towards their own expectations but they ha- we haven't lost heart we always knew that come um, you know the way this league was set up uh uh, it was always going to come down to the last game so you're always going to get it one chance to play Like so you look at the Division 2 teams that, like they're still playing games they're still trying to get that Division 2 A final to come up Like and it's down to one game if we can do do the business in one game we're still in Division 1 next year and obviously we'll have learned and we need to do something different than we did this year
0: You touched on Westmead's performances against Cork and Limerick um, I saw a good chunk of that game against Cork they were very very competitive in it Um, well, well, Tell us a little bit more about what you think of or, or kind of what you've seen of them over the year and what you're expecting on Sunday?
4: Yeah, uh, to be fair to Westmead they've really taken to this and and I have to say one thing about Westmead when when even um, you know when they got the chance to play in, in the preliminary quarterfinals they always actually put in a good performance against the bigger teams and mm. um, there was huge excitement when they won that Division 2A final because they knew they were moving up to Division 1 which is a huge jump but yeah no I have to say their displays um, have ha- have been very good uh, from from a Westmeat point of view and um, that game against Cork you know um, that was down at Mullingar and that's a tough mm. place to go and uh we actually lost the toss for home venue and uh, the game that we're playing is down in Mullangar. So, you know, they'll have huge confidence in their pitch and and how close they they could have turned Cork over in that game. You know, this is going to be a hell of a battle. Uh, you know, I suppose we haven't really played them competitively since that Joe McDonough final a year and a half ago. And uh, uh, those games are always tight. Uh, they're, they're always very competitive and I, don't, I see this one being the exact same.
0: Can I ask you, and I know uh, I wouldn't be asking you this question had you won the toss, but uh, to have a relegation final in a non-neutral venue, like mm. what, what are your thoughts on that?
4: Yeah, well, look... Um originally I was saying no way and uh, we looked at maybe would Kilkenny be available but possibly a bit too long for with maybe we felt Kilkenny is one of the best pitches in the country and mm. let it be down to hurling, and and then um, they suggested Navin and Navin was a bit too far away from us it's a tighter pitch it's only 135 metres in length you know so mm. I didn't think it was conducive to any type of hurling. and one
0: more uh, Park would have been ideal obviously but Well Tullamore yeah.
4: then was the next we looked at Tullamore yeah. and we said would that be available but unfortunately that wasn't available and that would have been a good kind of halfway venue for two of us so in the end we were kind of running out of options and we are kind of the comment was put to our head that we need to toss for it so and this is done at the corridor meeting there the weekend and unfortunately the toss didn't go well for us So, mm. but look that's what it is we, we, we know we know uh, Mullingar well enough we've played there a few times and the club players have taken on Westmead Me- West, 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 West teams up there so mm. yeah there'll be no huge surprise there and it'll be the same for both of us but you know obviously the home pitch and their passion the supporters behind them it definitely will be worth a few points to them
0: Um, Speaking of the club game um, the club hurling team of the year came out this week Uh, Martin Cavan is in there from St Mullins Um, always great I suppose from a Carlo perspective to be recognised on the national stage and I know that Mullins had a brilliant year in the hurling but um, for a non-provincial winner I think they were the only no, Ballygonner had Desi Hutchinson but they were one of only two clubs that weren't provincial winners that had players in the club hurling team of the year so uh, a great achievement for himself
4: yeah look um, Marty's a household name not only in Carlow but outside as well and his exploits um, you know with the club St Mullins were, were like he was in unbelievable form this year and it was really well deserved like people would know him from the Fitzgibbon where they would have got to a Fitzgibbon final and you know but they've a very good team Mullins you know they're well supported by the likes of James Dyle and Seamus Murphy uh, pl- players of that calibre that are very good and had been on our panel and not available to us but you know you have to say yeah it was, it was um, uh, well deserved and and, you know you don't get these befo- these awards for nothing it was on his displays and from what I saw yeah he was top class
0: So we're delighted to be joined On the line by Darren Norris From the Irish Examiner Um, Darren it's a uh, I suppose it's almost like The week before Christmas isn't it In the hunt season The week before Cheltenham It's just There's such an air of excitement about it Um, You know even They were kind of hearing The last movers and shakers Of the the trainers They're getting their travel arrangements together Um, I know I saw today The last year's winner album photo Was was out in Avon yesterday So um, I suppose the last Three of the last four years We've had Irish winner of the Gold Cup so what are the chances of having another one in 2020?
5: They're quite good I think um, the stats would be against Album Photo you know because uh, the you know repeat Gold Cup winners are very very rare um, best mate was the last one to do it um, but he's had a, he's had the exact same preparation as last year you know winning it tomorrow New Year's Day um, he's very, he's lightly, so he's likely raced he's going to come in a fresh horse so he's like he's the one they all have to beat he's like he's he's buying for favouritism I think he probably should be favourite and you know he's I think he's definitely going to run a good race but you would be a little concerned by the fact that history suggests that horses don't they all have to be exceptional to win win a World Cup twice that's the question mark society about him I
0: suppose if you were talking about a a say he's the favourite, but um, you know biggest challengers. We we mentioned Ken Boy, He's obviously a challenger. Lost in translation. I suppose was kind of the the horse that 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 was doing the best running up until Christmas. Anyway, um, you know was he's really really good when he went back to Carlisle. So does I suppose just from your point of view, if you were if you were looking for something outside, um, what would what would you be what would you be looking at? What kind of horse would you be looking at?
5: I still quite like uh, Lost in Translation. I think he probably, you know, himself and Santini are definitely the two best of the British. Um, I, I know you have to forgive Lost in Translation, the King, the King George run, and it takes an awful lot of forgiving. But he was very good when he won at Haydock. Um, he beat Bristol to who's a very, very hard horse to beat around there. He's, and, and I just think he could come back to form. I think he's slightly, he's slightly forgotten horse. I think he's an awful lot of class. Um, but it is—it's it, a race of real depth because Santini, if it turns into a war Santini is a really strong stayer, and you know you mentioned Kenby; he—he—he's jumping is an issue, but he clearly has a great engine because he really jumped poorly at Dublin uh, at the Dublin Racing Festival, and he still ran a very big race. And you also to Troy and Delta Work, who won that race at Dublin at the Dublin Racing Festival, the Irish Gold Cup, and he also won it at, at Stone at Christmas. So it's a very. There's a novel depth to
0: this race. Um, uh, sorry, Karen, Darren, did you mean to interrupt you, Go on, Karen, no, Grant. It's,
5: it's, as I said, it's, a, it's a race of huge depth.
0: Uh, just speaking, I know the the talk is always about the Cold Cup itself, but I suppose the one of the other main talking points is the trainers themselves and how they'll do. Um, we have a couple of really big ones down here in the southeast. So, just from a trainer point of view, in terms of what they have, what they're bringing from their yards over, who do you think might you know might might kind of uh, have one to remember?
5: Three will definitely will definitely have a good week in um in in Willie Mullins, Gordon Elliott and um uh, Nicky Henderson. Um uh, but like uh Henry Vampel has will have a very strong team. You know there's there's lots of, uh, Paul Nichols has a couple of good chances. You know he, there, there's plenty of depth to it. Um but as I said I I, I think the big three
0: it's kind of established big three are, are, are let you to again do very well and I suppose the thing is uh, with Henry he has Rachel on board as well Rachel Blackmore and she's been in absolutely unbelievable form this year I know she was um, hunt jockey the year last year but uh, I think this season is has been probably if not one of her best
5: yeah no she's she's an, she's an, outstanding, she's an outstanding jockey and you know um, she had a fantastic festival last year as well and you know she has got a fabulous book of rides this year um, and you know in the kind of post Ruby Walsh era, the you kind of look at the jockeys' championship. It's more, or a top jockey title. It's much more open than than, a, than, a, than, a, than it would have been for many years. And she has to be in the mix for that award because she's she has the, 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 Henry's got a great a, a, a great team. So it's, it will it will it will be fascinating to see how she how, how they get on.
0: Um, and I suppose, Darren, uh, just from somebody who 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 knows the the knows the 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 area and the sport very well, what is it that makes Cheltenham particularly special? What what is it that gives it that little flavour? It's
5: it's a bit of a cliche, but I mean, it, it, it but it is it is it is the Olympics of horse racing. It is it is it's the best week of the year. It's the week that I think engages the most people. Uh, like the Grand National is a fantastic race in its own right, but it engages people for a day. This is the one week of the year where Cheltenham, where racing is at the forefront. It, it, it gets more time on radio, on TV, in newspapers. It's 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 a huge thing, and every everybody gets into it. I also think it, it it falls on it's. I think it's the most exciting sporting week generally of the year anyway, because normally. Uh, the Six Nations is coming to a conclusion in Champions League. There's so much on and it's just a fantastic week.
0: And finally, Darren, I, I couldn't leave you go without asking you if you your where's your money on um for the gold cup or is there any particular anything you're hearing in terms of some of the other races across the week where you think there's a bit of value to be found?
5: I think you get there the, there'll be plenty of value on the day with a lot of these races when you know the ground and you know you know where things are gonna go. Like I'm particularly looking forward to the championships just from a fewers from perspective, because you know it's it's such a, it's such a cracking renewal. You got Altier coming back trying to win it for a third year. You got Defy Decide. Uh, you got Shaq and Persuade. It's just a, it's a race of great depth, um, and you know, and that's the case throughout the week. Um, right from the start, the Supreme looks a cracker. Uh, you got and you just have you just got so many fantastic horses to look forward to. Um, like I, I do quite as I said at, at a price, a decent price. I do like last translation to the Cup. I just think he could come out, bounce bounce back. But all through the week, there's so much there's so much to look forward. It's gonna be a fabulous week. Sports Beat
4: Roundup
0: on beat 102-103. That's all for this week's Sports Beat Roundup. You can listen back in our SoundCloud at Beat102-103. Now Trish has the soundtrack to your Saturday night. She's up next with Beat Anthems.